make yourself proud. You don't have to do what other people want you to do. You just need to figure out what you want and what will make you proud and then um, do that and hold yourself to a high standard. Welcome. This is Phil Michaels, Forbes 30 Under 30 Entrepreneur and Performance Coach. Forbes names the top 30 entrepreneurs, leaders, and stars in the world. And each week, we bring you one of them to help you level up in your life and business. From celebrities like LeBron James to Kylie Jenner and Cardi B, you're sure to learn from the list. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now it's time to level up. Level up. Welcome to the Phil with Forbes 30 podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. She made the Forbes USA list in 2020 for the gamers category. She's Major League Gaming's first ever professional female gamer, which she accomplished at the age of only 12. She is currently a producer at Bungie, the creators of the world famous video game Halo one of the highest grossing media franchises of all time. She's now working on the Destiny franchise there, and she's also a certified coach and mentor, helping fellow gamers level up in real life. Please welcome my very special guest, Bonnie Burton. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Very excited to have you here, Bonnie. Welcome to the show. It's an honor. And you are the second gamer I've had on the show. So I'm really excited to dive in. Yes, (laughs) made it. Where were you, before we dive into things, where were you when you first made the Forbes list, when you found out? I think, um, to be completely honest, I was probably asleep. And I woke up to text messages of, you made the list, or notifications of um, people just letting me know that I made it. So... In my grogginess, I was very excited and happy to know that I made it Um, because honestly, I wasn't sure. It's very competitive, obviously, and there's a lot of top talent. And so um, when when I was going through that application process and interview process, I I didn't really know that it was going to happen. So once I made the list, it was it was a pretty cool achievement. It's a lot of validation, too, because sometimes, especially as a gamer, I'm sure there's that stereotype of parents not really wanting their children to be playing video games. And then they get this validation outside of just themselves saying, no, really, I can make it. This is something I could choose as a career. And your parents are like, "Okay, okay." But in reality, now you have validation from Forbes and you're like, see, mom, dad, this hard work paid off. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice little. um cherry on top to know that like there are other organizations and other people who have seen the work that I've done and the work that everybody else has done on the list and want to highlight that to other folks. So it definitely is a nice little um, motivation or validation that, hey, you're doing good work and you're on the right path. How did you navigate that conversation with your parents? Were they open and receptive to you working on gaming? Do they look at it as as work? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I have very like awesome and totally accepting parents. And so growing up, it was almost a family affair when we would compete in tournaments. So um, I remember you know, telling my mom for one Christmas that I really wanted a GameCube, but my brothers wanted an Xbox. And um, 
I lost because there's I have two older brothers and I'm the <laughs> the younger sister so I I lost out on that but I'm glad that I did because they ended up getting Halo for Xbox and they ended up playing and um I wanted to participate. I wanted to be part of the fun. And so I started picking up the controller at a very young age and they were able to um, kind of coach me and we all played together. And that's when we found out about tournaments. And so my mom was actually, both my mom and dad were happy to actually take us to the local tournaments. So sometimes it would be a three hour road trip um, to Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and we would go and compete with you know, maybe 20 or I don't even know if it was that many, maybe 10 other teams at the time. And then other times we would road trip to Atlanta from Pennsylvania, which is quite a road trip. But um, it's it's awesome that my parents were accepting and that they were willing to drive us around and kind of make this something that we could bond over honestly and kind of come together as a family something that we just had in common and um it ended up being really fun so i didn't really have that problem that other people have of um justifying it because i think at a young age it was something that we all bonded over and then as i grew and made it a reality um i think there was one point where maybe my mom was a little bit hesitant of is this actually going to be a career? But then as she saw everything unfold, now she's super happy for me. And both my parents are very supportive and happy that I can work at an awesome company like Bungie. So I'm very thankful to have them. Yeah, it sounds very atypical compared to most families. I mean, well, first of all, that's perfect segue into what I was going to ask you next is like, take us back to the very beginning where you're from, where you grew up. And even though you're in Washington now, you were born in Tampa, which is rare. And we were just chatting about before the interview and, and you were raised in the Pennsylvania area, which is where I was born. So it's interesting to see that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we switched and you were at this early age where you're getting to play with your brothers. And normally I would think the brothers are like, Oh no, you can't play. You're not going to be good enough but they almost, it sounds like coached you and encouraged you to be better. And your mom was even very committed and dedicated to helping you with this passion. So what age were you when that was all happening when Halo came out? And what was the moment when your mom realized that this isn't just something you're doing for fun, but that you actually are pretty good at it and have a potential career path? Yeah, I think, um, Probably around 10 and 11 is when I started picking up the controller with my brothers. And then once we started competing in tournaments, it was closer. I was about 12. Um, but yeah, I'm so lucky to have the the family and the brothers that I did because they actually included me um, and coached me to get better, like you said. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes everybody gets a little heated when there's when we're gaming and stuff. And so we would definitely have those moments, those frustrations. Um, but my brothers were very good. And so all the skills that they learned, they would pass on to me. Um, and I kind of took that and ran for that. And I think one of the moments where, I think there's two moments where we kind of realized like, oh, this is more than just a hobby. And um, the first one, my dad likes to tell me this story because I think it's when he realized, you know, but we went to uh, a Pennsylvania 
small competition in Doylestown, PA, and he drove us over there. And then, um, you know, I said I had wanted to play and he was like, oh yeah, go, go ahead. Sure. You know? And then as I was playing, he started to see all the, it, it was mostly boys, you know? So all these young boys kind of gather around me and watch me play. And that's when he realized, oh, she's really good. Like, and she's winning, you know? Um, so that was kind of one moment where I think it, it hit him like, oh, there's something more here. And then I think for us as a family, there was another moment where we, um, we went to a competition in New York. I think it was in New York. And, um, these two guys came up to us and it was a regional competition. So again, not too big but everything there wasn't you know twitch there wasn't a lot there wasn't online gaming as much at that point and so um so these two guys came up to us and they're like hey we're starting something big it's called major league gaming and we want you to come to the next event that's in new york city and um it was really cool because they ended up creating major league gaming which ended up being this huge esports brand and really what pushed esports forward in my opinion over the next few years and so um that's when we kind of realized like oh this is the beginning of of a movement almost so you're absolutely crushing it out there all these young boys are you know <laughs> following you around like wow this bonnie is actually really talented and she's even beating the other boys which I'm sure in the gaming world at that early age was pretty rare to see. And then you get to this moment where major league gaming is like the NBA or the NFL for esports, right? Exactly. So this is the number one go-to platform league for you, you as a gamer to flourish in esports. And now you're selling out seats and tickets and live streaming more than it sounds like even the major sports previously, like football and soccer and baseball and basketball esports is really crushing it. So how did you take it to that next level where you became the first professional when you turned from an amateur to really taking it to new heights and looking at this as a career choice rather than just a game? Yeah, I think it was when, um, when we started going to those MLG tournaments and then they we were doing pretty well as a family team. And so they approached us about signing a contract and we did all of that and continued competing. And then after um, Halo 2 came out, my brother stopped competing, but I continued competing um, for another few years. And so I was able to travel all over and compete in the very first MLG events. And so um, it was it was just a really fun experience. It wasn't as... Like nowadays, I think there's so much more with live streaming and um, just, you know, social media, like it's grown so much. So it wasn't quite that level when when I was competing back then. But like you said, it's really cool to see everything that it's grown into now. And now there's so much more opportunity to for everybody. So um yeah, so you awesome. must have been, were you so much better than your brothers that they were just like, okay, <laughs> we, we can't hack it, but Bonnie, you go ahead and take the family name to the next level. <laughs> I don't know if it was that. I think they were just at different points in their lives where they were kind of moving on. Um, but I mean, I was pretty decent. They were, they were still probably a little bit better than me, but then after um, 
Halo Combat Evolved was kind of like our our game, you know? And so after Halo 2 came out, that's when they were just kind of like, okay, I think we're good, but I wanted to keep going. So I kept playing and competing and going to the tournaments. What do you think is the single most important attribute, personal attribute that got you to where you are today? I think I've, I've always told myself this phrase and it sounds very cheesy when I say it, but it's something that I've always held dear to me. Um, make yourself proud. And so I think it's just a testament to you don't have to do what other people want you to do. You just need to figure out what you want and what will make you proud and then um, do that and hold yourself to a high standard. And so I've always tried to push myself and hold myself to a high standard. So I think that's been able to um, get me pretty far. <laughs> it's a huge milestone to be the first ever female gamer in as a professional after that milestone, was there another milestone that made you proud where you were like, wow, Bonnie, pat on the back. You did a great job. Yeah, my next one was um, not so much gaming related, but I, I did go to college. And um, I remember before I went to college, I heard of this girl. It's so funny to think about. It's funny how things impact us. But it was this girl that I didn't really know, but people were talking. They were like, oh, she got a... 3.96 GPA, like an unreal GPA. And she's so smart. And I was just thinking like, I want to do that. I want to do that with my college career. I want to get that achievement. And, um, and as I went through college, I ended up first, I majored in uh, communications and then I switched over to computer science um, and specialized in IT. And so um, I was able to accomplish that. And still with that mantra of, make yourself proud. And then, you know, I think another mantra I have is if they can do it, you can do it. And so um, I took those two mindsets and I was very happy to graduate summa cum laude um, with my computer science degree. And uh, I think my GPA ended up being like something 3.94 or something like that. So I'm like, okay, I hit my, I, I'll call that a win. I hit my Congratulations, <laughs> another huge achievement. And Thank it seems you. like when you put your sights on something, you hit it, you achieved it. And now it's just a matter of how do you maintain that internal dialogue, those phrases, those mantras you have to steer you in, in the right direction. So you have this laser focus whenever you're looking toward your goals. And it, that's what we do. We have the, one of the things I do with my coaching clients is we work on their internal dialogue. What you say to yourself is so important because you talk yes. to yourself more than anybody else. Absolutely. So what are those go-to phrases that whenever you're in that experience of doubt or that moment of decisions, you are able to pull from or call back those phrases that, oh, get back to it, make myself proud. Or if they can do it, I can do it. And exactly. it sounds like that really helped you. Yeah, it does. Like you said, it's so important to have the right mindset and just to make sure you're continually pulling yourself back to that because it's so easy to just get wrapped up in the day to day and get lost in that. So ensuring you have rituals or things that remind you of what you want to achieve or who you are or what your values are. Um, it's really important. Yeah, because if not, you're going to succumb to other people's wishes or the dogmatic narrative or their stereotypes of what you're supposed to or expected to do in your life rather than what you're truly destined for, what you're truly passionate about. 
Exactly. Yep. You just fall into the trap of day to day. And then before you know it, um, you weren't able to accomplish the things that you wanted to do or live the life that you wanted to. After you graduated college, what was the next big milestone or achievement you achieved after that? Yeah, after that was um, landing at Bungie. So that was pretty awesome for me because it it was difficult. I kind of thought that I would graduate, get a job. Um, you know, I just thought everything would be really easy. And then I think adulthood smacks you in the face. <laughs> and um, it's kind of a wake up call of, you know, in college, I was so used to kind of the set framework. And even before that with tournaments, it was very easy to prove my worth, you know, you can do a test, you can win a competition. And then entering the workforce, you kind of have this mindset shift where it's like, where do I go from here? What do I actually want? The future isn't laid out for me anymore. So you're making those decisions for the first time. Um, And then you're also having to prove your worth when you don't have very much work experience. So um, yeah, so my next big achievement was uh, even being able to land at Bungie because I think for me, once I graduated, I realized um, I want to work somewhere really cool. And so I had my eyes set on Bungie, but I wasn't sure if I could make it happen. You were amazing at playing Halo. Now you're like, let's work for the creators of Halo yeah. and design your own game that other women and, and other gamers can work toward playing. And now you're doing that working on the Destiny series, right? And is Absolutely. That, is that like the new age version of Halo? Yeah. So Destiny is awesome if you haven't played it. We just came out with <clears throat> with Beyond Light. I'm just so excited that I get to work at Bungie because it's such a talented group of folks. And, um, and I feel like we make really awesome content for people to enjoy. And so being able to be a part of that entertainment for others is... Um, yeah, it's full circle for me, honestly. So, because it's what I enjoyed growing up. And so now hopefully other people can get that same experience. Paying it forward. And you were kind of the first early adopter of being the first professional female gamer. So it sounds like you didn't really have the female role models to look up to in your industry. You are that for other female gamers. So who did you look up to when you were growing up and when you were gaming? Who, who was your role model or who did you admire? Maybe it was just other people that I was playing with. So when I was thinking about becoming better, you know, I really think I looked up to my brothers, honestly, because they were good and they included me and they were making progress. And so I kind of looked up to them as role models. Um, and then, like you said, there wasn't there wasn't really a precedent of this before. So I was just kind of going through it how I wanted to go through it and doing what I wanted to do and hoping that I was making the right decisions. Um, but yeah, I guess if I were to pick somebody, it would probably be my brothers. They were my mentors throughout it. Well, I'm sure when they listen to this, they're going to be very proud to hear that. But I'm also wondering if they... Can you still whoop their ass in in a game? (laughs) (laughs) I think I still can. We've been playing. um, We've been playing again a little bit, and um, it's a nice way to still 
be able to get together through the pandemic. It's just, and they're in Pennsylvania and I'm in Washington, oh, obviously. So it's a way for you to connect digitally, virtually. And so yes. you get to play for fun, but are you still playing professionally as well? No, I'm not playing professionally. I haven't played professionally in a while. So I kind of hung up, hung up that hat um, probably 10 years ago or so, but I was still involved with events and now that I have a full-time job at Bungie, that takes most of my focus. Sure, I can understand that. And we've talked a little bit about your success, but what about on the flip side, Bonnie? What has been your biggest lesson during your journey that maybe you wish you had learned from sooner? To push yourself to take risks. So I feel like I did this to some extent, but I almost feel like I wish I would have taken even more risks. So... Um, maybe earlier, like say I graduated college, I think that would have been a good point for me to take a little bit of risk and try different things that maybe I wouldn't have before or put myself out there a little bit more. So whether that maybe I could have explored social media or streaming more because all of those things were up and coming. Um, so that would have been fun to do. Of course, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but I would just say try new things, take risks, especially when you are at that point in your life where um, you're able to do those things and it won't, it won't have as big of an impact on your life then as it does later. Great advice. Great advice. I'm sure all the Forbes listers can empathize with that. And another thing Forbes listers always empathize with is that scrappy hustle in us, that grit and perseverance. Yeah. <laughs> so what's something scrappy you did to hustle that maybe you couldn't have revealed when you were first starting out, but you're willing to share now, Bonnie? Yeah. When I first graduated, I talked about how that was a difficult transition to me into for me into adulthood. And um, I was I remember I applied for one big job that I really wanted. And I didn't get it. And then um, when I was looking at other jobs, I was like, all right, Bungie is the one. I'm going to make this happen. But what a lot of people don't realize is that when I actually applied to Bungie, I was turned down. And so I was turned down for a producer, an associate producer role. Um, and then I was even turned down for a contract tester role for PVP, which is the next thing that I wanted. Um, and so then they called me and they were like, well, we have a contract difficulty tester. And so I was like, okay. And I didn't do very well with phone interviews. <laughs> and so I actually flew out just to do, and they would have done a phone interview, but I flew out just to do that in-person interview for, I think it was a four month contract for a difficulty tester because I knew that I would be better in person. And, um, and I was hopeful that then I could at least get my foot in the door. And I'm very happy that it worked. Um, maybe it would have worked if I, I would have done the phone interview, but I actually wanted to fly out and, and do it there. Smart. So. You, you found out what's not working and you decided to pivot or adapt and said, let me take the reins into my own hands and try and influence the likelihood of their decision. And it worked. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and being an outlier in a community of mostly males, have you found that transition to be difficult? How welcoming was everyone, not just within professional gaming, but also within your work environment? 
Yeah, I think I can only speak to my experience and everybody has a different experience, especially, um, you know, people who are more forward facing, uh, like streamers and people like that, they have very different experiences. But for me, um, being able to work at a company like Bungie, it, it was an amazing transition because I do feel like I was... I was treated very well and I haven't had poor experiences. Um, and I think also now Bungie is also growing and it seems like just overall in the industry, it, women are becoming more prevalent and becoming more accepted. I know that, you know, I guess it was, man, it was a long time ago now when I first started playing, <laughs> but you know, when I was 11 or 12, so you know, 18 years ago or whatever, um, it was, it was like a novelty to be a, a woman in gaming. It was almost like you were a unicorn and I don't really feel like it's that way anymore. It's just something that's more common. People react to it a little bit less. So it's just more accepted, um, which I think is awesome because it shows that more women are getting into gaming in all aspects, whether it's esports, streaming, game development. Um, they're here, they're contributing to the craft, and I'm excited to see what impact that has on future games and the industry as a whole. Great, great story. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that it's been a smooth transition for you. What advice would you give to maybe a female gamer right now or a female interested becoming in a woman in gaming, whether it's producer or development aspect? What advice would, do you have for them? Don't see yourself as any different. And I know people might bulk at that a little bit. But for me, that's what I did is I just tried not to see myself as different or as a woman in gaming. I just saw myself as somebody interested in gaming and kind of acted accordingly. And so you can get mentorship from men or women. You don't have to just follow that route. Sometimes people find it more helpful because of the specific experience um, or challenges that they face. But I would say, um, yeah, just know that if other people can do it, you can do it. And don't, don't count yourself out. Don't feel like you're different. Just act accordingly. Do the same things that anybody else would do and you'll get there. Beautiful advice that I think is applicable outside of even the gaming industry. And speaking of mentoring and coaching, you now offer coaching and mentoring for other gamers or those that want to level up in the gaming industry. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I just recently started this journey um, in 2020. I thought it was the perfect time. I had always thought about becoming a psychologist or therapist, but obviously with the gaming route, um, I realized that coaching would be a much a much better um, role for me because what I like to do is take people from a baseline and take them from good to great and really maximize their potential maximize their work-life balance. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about doing that. I'm, I've done 100 hours of life coach training and now I'm in certification for it. And um, I'm really excited about helping people either break into the game industry and providing that mentorship or just providing life coaching in general to people who are in gaming or within the gaming industry who want that 
balance in their life and also who are interested in gamifying their goals and their life and making it fun and making it something that's not so serious and mundane, but actually applying the skills that they have in gaming to IRL, real life, and uh, making it a little bit more fun so that they can apply their strengths to their real life achievements. So important. And that's why I'm a performance coach as well. One of my clients is the top 100 gamers in the world for Overwatch. And he was just recruited by the U.S. Army uh, to be a gamer for them, which was really cool. Yeah, it was a huge win for him. And I remember one of the first things we were working on was how he can perform better in gaming by taking care of his body and mind in real life. Sometimes you're so caught up in the gaming that you forget to take care of your body and mind outside of, of the video game that you're working in. So making sure you're eating the right nutrition making sure you're getting outside in nature and not exposing your eyes to as much blue right blue light making sure that you're exercising some of those tenets of the fundamentals that make athletes great at what they do in the physical world is also what makes gamers great in the gaming world absolutely yeah and people forget that but gaming does take a toll and it's um it's a lot of mental energy and focus and so if you want to be at the top of your game you have to, just like you said, like other sports um, folks do, you have to take care of all aspects of your life, your body, um, your energy, your mental health. Like you have to kind of have that whole wheel of life locked down. A holistic view, comprehensive human being. There we go. Yeah, there we go. If you're looking for coaching in gaming world, you know who to call. And before we conclude, we're going to transition into something I like to call the under 30 seconds round where I'm going to fire off some questions and answer with the first ones that come to mind. Are you ready, Bonnie? I'm ready. (laughs) What is the book you've gifted or recommended more often than any other book and why? I think there's two. There's um, the high performance coach and then there's learned optimism. I I won't go into those, but both great books. (laughs) There you go. What's one of the best investments and one of the worst investments you've ever made and why? Best investments, uh, actually recently this year with coaching, I didn't realize the impact that it would have on my own personal life. So that was the best one. Um, And did you say worst one? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm actually staring at it right now, this couch that is so uncomfortable. Luckily, I got a new couch now, so I'm getting rid of the old couch. So if you're buying a couch, don't go for a cheap couch. Make sure it's comfortable. You're going to spend a lot of time on it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Don't invest in a bad couch. (laughs) If you learn anything from this episode, it's going to be that. It's that. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, what's the most impactful thing you do in your morning routine? and the most impactful thing you do in your evening routine? For me, it's getting out of bed and drinking some water because that just wakes me up for some reason in the morning. And then in the evening, it's gratitude. So I use an app to um, think about everything that I'm grateful for that happened that day or just in general. Those are great ones. And pretend you won the Peter Thiel Fellowship and you were going to get money to start your gaming career instead of go to college, 
What's the very first thing you do to start your gaming career? Hmm, I would probably, this is kind of what I'm doing now, but I'd probably spend a lot of time researching more about gaming health and um, really get into the nitty gritty of how health is linked to gaming abilities, I guess you could say, um, and then use that to further coaching or set up a practice for people so that they could um, get help with that so they could be their best selves. There you go. You heard it first. And last one, what's something you never knew you needed? For mine, I started doing a digital wellness timer on my phone that was that you know, is a timer for how much you can use social media apps. And um, that has made a world of a difference for me. And yes, sometimes still, I I still cheat and turn it off. But, (laughs) but it has made a big difference in my productivity. And that's something I just started doing recently. Is it the app limit on the iPhone? Or is it a separate app entirely? It's, uh, I have a Google Pixel. And so they have it builds into the settings. You can do digital wellness. And so you can do a timer and night mode and all that stuff. So it's perfect. It's awesome. Well, I use that as well. I think it's so helpful and limiting the screen time as much as possible. There's this eye trick I learned because I always wanted to be an eye doctor growing up. And one of the things I learned was it's the 20, 20, 20 rule. So every 20 minutes, you look 20 feet away for 20 seconds. So oh. Every 20 minutes, look 20 feet away for 20 seconds, and that helps with your vision. Oh, that's a great tip. Okay, I'm going to take that back to my <laughs> team too. I there love that. Boom. Another tip being shared. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bonnie, thank you so much for being here today. Before you go, what's the next big goal, milestone, or bucket list item you want to achieve? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit, but my next endeavor is coaching and just trying to help as many people as I can in the gaming industry. And so I'm going through certification right now. Um, I have a discounted rate. So if anyone is interested in coaching, they can feel free to reach out to me um, and we can can just work. Where can they find out where to go for that? You can find me on social media, Bonnie Expertin. So it's just my name, pretty much on any social media site. And then um, I have a link to my website for coaching from there. So feel free to look me up. I'm really excited to work with people and just make it fun while also making sure they fulfill their potential. Great. Please go connect with Bonnie. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being here today. This is Bonnie Burton with Bungie, who provides game development, but also coaches and mentors, those that are looking to level up. We learned so much today. We learned how to use powerful mantras to direct your focus and achieve your goals, to invest in a coach for your performance to level up, and also the 2020-20 rule. Bonnie, thank you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this episode helped you as much as it helped me. Have an amazing day. Thanks for joining us today. I hope this episode helped you as much as it helped me. Who do you think would benefit from hearing it? You can make an impact on their life by sharing it now. Before you go, I encourage you to tell us your favorite part of the episode in the review section. Now it's time to level up.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.